0: Hi, this is my professor. When I'm in tongue, I listen to FM in stereo for the folks with two ears.
1: So you're tuned here to Belly at the moment, and I have the wonderful creators of Mother Earth Educators in the studio with me. I want to welcome Nadia and Andre. So it is the 17th edition of the Byron Bay Film Festival. It's coming to town. It's from the 20th to the 29th of October. And there's a very special session at the Byron Bay Film Festival this year which curates a trio of films that resonates with the themes of connection, rejuvenation and the really profound impact of nature and what it has on our lives. I think we've all experienced that. So it's a cinematic journey that shines a spotlight on the resilience of human spirit, the human spirit that we all have, and the undying bond we share with this Mother Earth that we are blessed to live on. So on October the 22nd at 12.45 to 2.45 at the Palace Cinemas in Byron Bay, you can see for yourself Mother Earth Educators. It's the work of my guests, Nadia, um, who was born in Brazil, grew up on farmland in the central west region of South America, where she witnessed the crossroad between sustainable farming and industrial agriculture. She loves to work with children and to come into BayFM and do interviews um, in the hope that she can inspire them to care for Mother Earth with, with all of this respect that we have inside of us. little tiny snippet of background, the short film is set in Mullumbimby's community gardens where you're going to witness a group of children reconnecting with nature, forging bonds, understanding their roles in the larger ecosystem and experiencing the magic of hands-on learning and it's a real testament to the transformative power of returning to our roots. And the director of this film, Andre Kvia, has created this 22-minute documentary. He's a teacher-turned-filmmaker and for the past two years has been working on documentaries here in the area, all of them based on education, so he hasn't strayed too far. In fact, he's right here in the studios, along with Nadia. Welcome to you both.
0: Thank you for having us, Rosella.
1: How exciting is it to be part of the Byron Bay Film Festival 2023?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, really fun. It's uh, it's such a good uh, event that's being organised and um, it's so inspiring. I've been taking students there for many years. Every time we go and watch uh, films, it's really inspiring and, you know, creativity bubbles.
1: Yeah. How are you feeling about it, Nadia?
2: Very excited and good morning, everyone, on the beautiful Barron Bay. And thank you, Rosella, for having us here in a Valley Connection. Yes, it's really exciting to see. That was the, the, the main reason why, when I we were applying for the grant and writing that big piece of work, I said, no, nah, we're going to take this further. I'm going to see if you can score funding to document the project because uh, we need to share. And uh, we did it, so it's incredible. The funding was approved and I had the honor to, to know Andre and I already had a connection with him through she water school so i invited him if he would cover and i couldn't believe it he said yes so that's how now we are in the baron bay international film festival
1: Um, what a beautiful collaboration brazil and norway where you're both from Um, So the film is focused on young children, and we'll get to that. But first of all, what kind of childhood did you both have in terms of gardening or growing food or even seeing food being grown? Was there much mud under your own fingernails or, you know, on your vegetables when you were growing up?
0: Yeah, definitely. um, Growing up in Norway in the 70s and 80s, um, you get, um, we were really rooted in the seasons and... um, yeah uh, for me I had the, the the great joy of having a little cabin that we went to in the summer and um, for about uh, two months every year I would just spend every moment of the day outside um, you know exploring and fishing and having fires and uh, really um, that that really brought in this uh, element of beauty nature and beauty for me which um, I think you'll agree has um, transpired to this film that we've shot there's a lot of beauty and focus on beauty Um, and uh, although we never really grew that much food we were very sort of close to nature sort of living in nature and uh, enjoying all the fruits of nature
2: and and nadia
1: what was
2: was Uh, like for you we i grew up in a in a farm and my parents have background portuguese and italian and basically, they grew everything that was in a table you know from from you know from grow the cows, milk the cows butter milk cheese from uh from the butcher of the cows, from making salami from smoking the salami you know um yeah, we have a massive orchard it was a eight hundred hectare farm, the one that I was based, and um <clears throat> unfortunately um I watched that transition because the farmer first was cattle and then you had a little bit of the remnants of the savanna amongst it. But with the monoculture of grains, they have to scrape every single piece of root from the soil. So the land that I saw in my childhood today, it's very different. It's, today, is a green desert from a biodiverse perspective, I call, because it's GM soybeans, GM corn, uh, and GM canola, and uh, and then sugarcane for methanol. So it's interesting to to witness uh, as an adult that uh, that journey in front of my eyes. To locate you from a geographic perspective, I'm 1,200 km inland from the east coast of Brazil, under the tropic of Capricorn line. And this place it was the meeting point of major bioma, Amazon forest, the savannas, and the Atlantic rainforest. So the and this flat is so old that no more mountains, but red soil, six hundred meters deep topsoil, and the biggest underground lake on the planet that go from that area all the way to the west coast where Chile is. So it's a uh, powerful land. Yeah, and similar story to Australia, watching indigenous people being shoveled into a small 900 hectares reserve, Three ma- the three tribals, same journey that we are witness here in Australia. Yeah, a very rich childhood from many different directions.
1: Did you know at the time, or did you have any inkling that you would be working so closely with the land? I know that you arrived in... Australia in 1995 and almost immediately really got into working with regeneration or within bushland.
2: It was interesting because I had a snap in my life of uh, 80 years that I I left the farm when I was 17 and moved to São Paulo and was like, wow, from the farmland to the big smoke. You know, São Paulo is one of the biggest cities in the planet. But I, I grew up in a Catholic family, so when I got to Sao Paulo, and I was in the middle of Sao Paulo, central, I felt this sense of freedom. I said, oh my God, no one knows me here. Now I'm 17, I'm I'm free. So I really enjoyed that. And you were a journalist, weren't you? Reporting. Yeah, I, I studied. What were you reporting on? First, I invent my own area. I quickly noticed that um, people from Sao Paulo was disconnected from nature and didn't know how a pumpkin plant looks like or corn so i finished university no job and uh, i have i, ha- I, I had the rope in my neck my parents on the phone come home and I'm saying, I'm not coming home. <laughs> I say, oh, well, you need to find a job then. So then I get on with that and I found a job. I walk into this newspaper and I say, um, I I have an idea. I want to take people to do adventure sport, but only sports in nature and a way to connect them with nature. They said, yeah, we'll give you a quarter of a tabloid page. And then after a month, the editor said, okay, we need to talk now. They, oh no, I lost my job. He said, oh, we are going to give you the whole page. <laughs> I said, why? Oh, it doesn't matter, just have it. <laughs> so I did that for three years, and I will cover sugar, um, hang gliding, ballooning, caving, rafting, anything sport you can imagine. Uh, that um, and my page is called Radical Sports but also about bringing people into rural areas and expose them to, to nature.
1: Wow, incredible. And Andre, you had uh, also a bit of a career change. You were teaching in Norway. Tell us what you were teaching and, and when the, the winds of change blew you this way.
0: Yeah, so um, I did come here as a student in uh, 2002. Um, I was uh, amazed by this area when I was a backpacker a few years earlier, and I thought if I could come back here and study, I would be living in heaven so i came back as a student to study film and writing at um, southern cross university in lismore and um, after about a year or two i met my partner from australia so um, we have stayed together ever since and uh, have yeah become australians pretty much
1: (laughs) wonderful so first impressions you know were there any sort of elements of land care or or anything that you saw when you arrived in Australia that you wanted to change, or maybe even um, see some improved awareness around certain things that were going on within this region when, when you first arrived here?
2: I had a vision when I was 20. I was in the coast area of Sao Paulo and lots of rubbish in the dunes, and I said, wow, imagine if someone paid me to care for country, if I got paid to, to look after dunes. So when I arrived, I didn't have any English, so forget about journalism (laughs) right now. Um, So I said, ah, but, uh, and I heard about Bush Regeneration. So I said, wow, so my job is East. So that was for me, I said, I went straight into First uh, National Trust. They didn't have the Bush Regeneration course yet in 97, but then by 95, by 97, I was already at TAFE. And then I did my training, and I've been working on that field since, and I feel very much, very much at home. Yeah, and Andre, you also,
1: your documentaries are very much around education, aren't they? Um, but with, within nature, so tell us how, where that sort of, where that spiked or where that came from.
0: Yeah, so, so as a teacher, I was really drawn to the Steiner system because of the sensitivity towards the children and towards nature, especially at Sherwood, where we're surrounded by beautiful nature. Um, so that was definitely sort of at the heart of it, and um, I uh, when when Naja was asking me about this project uh, to shoot uh, in a community garden um, with uh, a bunch of uh, young children uh, doing uh, things like uh, you know gardening and uh, a bit of woodwork and weaving and uh, it's um, it, it's sort of like a perfect fit really. It it sort of shows education uh, how it's very practic- practical and meant to be and it's, it's very sort of um, you know it's logical in the way that you, you see very direct results and um, you, you feel on your body everything that's going on so for me to be a filmmaker in that environment was like the scenes were sort of unfolding by themselves and uh, all I had to do was just capture it pretty much. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Actually blending in with the environment in some way. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, let's just take a short break. Uh, we'll just have a breather, play a little track, and then we'll come back and really get into the documentary, what it's about, what it covers, and just learn a little bit more about you as well.
0: Cruising the airwaves of the Rainbow Region, ninety nine point
2: nine Bay FM.
1: You're tuned here to Belly Sister Osella here with my guests Nadia and Andre. They are the creators of Mother Earth Educators. And just in the break, then Nadia, we were talking about the destruction, you know, of your homelands, and you, you were, you almost had te- well, you had tears in your eyes just remembering seeing the destruction, but also how that relates to to young people, you know, what they experience and, and what your own experience has been with young people who have a lot of eco-anxiety and are, are sad about what's going on but don't really know what to do, how do you address that?
2: I think there is many ways to, to work with the will of um, humankind and uh, and the solutions. Yes, we got tons of problems, but we don't need to talk about them all the, all the time. We also got millions of solutions. So I come from a solution uh, perspective. When I'm working, doesn't matter as a bushel generator or as or an educator of the children, my mindset is the same. So when I look in a children's program, uh, how can I inspire in them? So, okay, we can. I told them a story in the community garden that Grandpa Posson was very depressed because he lost his homes in the flood. And uh, I had a chat with Grandpa Posson, and I said, Look, I think I can help. I know beautiful children and beautiful families in the Barron Bay community, and I know they are capable to help. I'll have a chat, and we'll see if we can make you a home. And Grandpa Posson was really excited. He couldn't believe it. We could build him a home.
1: Let's cover how this film came to be because it wasn't just that you decided to make a film, Mother Earth Educators, and then you went out and grabbed some children and then put them in the film and told them what to do. This all started from the nature program for children, didn't it? How did, how did that all kick off and, and what does that look like on a day-to-day base, basis or a week-to-week um, mm-hmm. basis at the Mollum Community Gardens?
2: I spent 12 years working with children at Shewater and that was very sparring and I really loved that job and uh, when i walk away from that job i really miss the children so myself and my friend uh, renato shore we sat down and said okay i mean she said i'm missing the children too i said what are we going to do i said let's see if there is money out there so we saw this grant and we contacted them and Uh, They said, um, no, just go for the $10,000, you're not going to get any further. I said, no, we don't want $10,000, we want $50,000. And uh, they really put us down saying, I should not go for that. So we said, no, 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 we want that one, we want the $50,000, because we had a vision what we want to do. And um, so we went for it, and we got it. So it was um, $47,000 funding and uh, because uh, I would like to see the woodwork teacher because to make the box the children learn carpentry but we are making homes for the animals. The weaving where you connect with the forest and the plants and the fibers and um, create a basket out of that. Uh, And then the gardening that you grow food and, and then the bush regeneration, planting and weeding using the tree poppers. And uh, and I know that uh, all these activities will connect the children. And then we need tools. So the grant said, no, we can't give shovel. But you give a, pa- uh, a paintbrush to an artist, and you're not going to give a shovel to the, to the gardener. I said, how do you want me to garden with the children? No, we'll be an asset. We can't give you money for that. I said, all right. So then I have a few beautiful people that know my work in the community, and I gave them a call and they said, no, uh, I'll pay for the tools. And another beautiful friend that said, no, I'll pay for the, I'll pay for a trailer, because we need a trailer to store all the tools. And uh, and then the parents contribute a little bit, um, $10 per session to help with admin. So that's how we, yeah, moving to the grounds of the Malumbimi Community Garden, and we were very welcome and deeply supported by the Gina and Abby. Yeah, so did this start in 2022, so just last year? Term three last year, and then we, the grantor was covering 29 sessions, so we did term three, term four, and term one this year.
1: And so how is this going to continue? Do you need to keep applying for grants? How do you get funding to continue this amazing project for kids?
2: So we did apply for three other grants and we got none. Applying for grants is always a big job. Uh, But we haven't got any funding. Uh, The funding we got before, they said it can't be an ongoing project. So basically I'm doing, doesn't matter what, I will be there available for the children on the community garden. We are charging a $46 fee um, and we'll see how we go. Hoping maybe funding will come forward, we are tax deductible. So people can donate to to us if they want to sponsor a child or sponsor a tutor. Um, they will get great return because we only do beautiful things. Yeah. And um,
1: and is this once a week? How, does it work in the school holidays? When do the kids? When are the kids
2: in the gardens? It's during the school term. So we will be back on the garden next Friday, and it will be the, so it will be 13th of October until the 15th of December. Uh, so, we use the New South Wales school term as a calendar, and we are there in the mornings. And if the fundings is up, we'll be there in the afternoon too. So, uh, this is actually part of the school curriculum. Yeah. Wow. And we can have schools Should for be. excursion. And the one thing that's important to mention, this program only can flourish in, in Baronshire because we already have a community that already connect with nature and want their children to, to have that connection. So that is one big thing about the program. Because one thing you have a vision, but then you have no one to share with it. But I have a community that is rich and tutors that also, amazing skills like Marcia Gibbs that did the woodwork and uh, Kim Tite that did weaving. Yeah, it's beautiful people that are ready. you can reach to come and help. So if we get sponsorships, these people are there ready to step in again.
1: And when did the filming start and what kind of uh, vision did you have for capturing or trying to capture uh, a part of this amazing project?
0: Yeah, we started pretty much the same as the, the program started. And um, Nadia's vision is, uh, is very inspiring. Uh, you know, the idea to connect children with themselves and with nature through these beautiful activities um, inspired me to want to do more than just sort of document it to fulfill the grant, but to actually create something that could potentially go to, to the big screen or at least be shared widely in the community so that more people actually know get their eyes open and and want to support the the project so so that was the how how it originated from from my point of view and um having beautiful speakers in the film Naja and renata and the others in the community garden um they speak really beautifully to to what what is the the dream for our world and and where do we start and this seems like such a good place to start for people like not just with looking after nature And doing useful activities to learn, but also that it does something deeply to the children and their parents who come and their grandparents or siblings who come to support. So it's like this multi-generational thing that happens that really, um, I think everyone who watches this film will think like this is kind of what we need. Well yeah, they're
1: all gonna to wanna to move to the Barnshire, aren't they? <laughs> they do already. No, I haven't
2: Great story. There is one of my trainees at the moment, Ofi, she's fourteen, and she sent the, the trailer to, to Israel to her family and the auntie put for the whole village and they say, We're going to do one like this. <laughs> but so that would
1: that would be the dream really wouldn't it i yes. mean do you hope that this this film being shown at the byron bay film festival on the 22nd what's your hope for for what people will take away from it not just seeing it here in, in the palace cinemas but anywhere around the world
2: i hope to inspire people that is not hard to to it doesn't matter what you have. Even if you have a concrete, a school covered in concrete. concrete, you can put plants in pot. No, you can um, break the concrete. <laughs> That's what I was no, thinking. No, it, it's, uh, it, it's not that hard. All needs to be done is a change of set of mind. That's what needs. And the, the medicine, once your eyes have a vision, and I hope we will inspire people with that, then and um, you look around and you find and contact us. Now through the film, you you'll be able to contact us and ask questions. Ask how. Oh, look, this is the scenario around here. It's uh, we are very in a very cold part of the planet uh, because we are here in Barren Bay. No subtropical. It's easy for us to garden and be outdoors, but I understand that that is not the same scene in everywhere on the planet. However, I still think I would figure out something that could be done that will connect people with nature. Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't think there's any stopping you, Nadia.
2: <laughs> and I'm,
1: I'm glad to see that. Well, so just let people know where can they reach out, where can they get in touch, where can they ask these questions, you know, to you or to either of you, or even ask questions about the film, or perhaps even want to get involved, you know, in this in this project and and help it sort of continue.
2: We did have beautiful volunteers, and uh, I'm very grateful. A uh, Paramid and my friends Bavara and uh, Andrea. We we attracted amazing volunteers through the program. And people can come and volunteer and help. And I really encourage grandparents and aunties and I like the family framework of a program and OH. Um the way to contact us, I'm I found an organization called Organic Land Care Incorporate. So we are organiclandcareinc.org. So we have a website, so you can contact us through our website. You can contact us through uh, Instagram. We're also on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. Uh, so, or just if you're local, drop into Malumbimi Community Garden on a Friday morning, come say hello, give us a hand, say good morning to the children.
1: Buy one of these lovely t-shirts that you're wearing, so bright with a sunflower yes, on it. Yes, Malumbi
2: Community Garden sell beautiful t-shirts for fundraising. So... And um, Andre,
1: is it, is Kapow, is that your film company? Yeah, KBAM is K- um, oh.
0: yeah, the film production company that uh, me and a friend Angela have just started um, as part of uh, this journey into filmmaking.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that is uh, specialising really in creating documentaries that focus on environmental issues. So
0: It's definitely an environmental issue, but I also really care about the, the human environment, um, you know, within ourselves. And that's what I mean about films about education I think you know we we can all grow we can all learn and I think film is a powerful tool to do that um so yeah I think um uh, the, n- the next bit of education in my life will probably come through through films that revolve around uh, you know nature and and human nature
1: and do you see any more collaborations going on between you, Norway and Brazil, the U2? Yeah, we, we
0: we already have <laughs> another project going. Of course you do. <laughs> We've been yeah.
2: collaborating for a while. We are yeah. working on the cat's claw network.
0: <laughs> yeah, very briefly, it, uh, there is a weed problem uh, with cat's claw taking over the riparian zone in this um, area, um, killing big river oaks uh, in in the streams uh, in our water catchment and um in, yeah Re- and, and richmond river and and the cat's claw is uh is uh imported
2: well, from Brazil. vine,
0: vine <laughs> that takes over and destroys Did you bring trees this with and, you nadia <laughs> no and obviously the challenge uh, for, for nadia is how can we do this without using chemicals And that's you know then i'm interested you know let's document this it's a good interview
2: that one
1: about the cat's club journey well (laughs) another day you're welcome to come back yeah Yeah.
2: yep can i just add something about andre so for me of course to bring a a camera around children was a concern for me but i knew that andre has a quiet uh quiet nature and was perfectly fit because when he was amongst us filming, he became invisible. And uh, and so the children's attention wasn't drawn to to appear in a camera. Everyone just carried on doing whatever they were doing, if we were weaving, or if we were or digging, or harvesting turmeric, or cooking, or making the boxes. So that was very important for me, that the camera didn't take over the space. And uh, so that's, I'm proud of Andrea, of that nature of him to, to yeah be satu and gentle and very satu when he asks questions and soft. Mm. It's a beautiful quality of it's him a as gift. a filmmaker, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Andrea, would you like to end with um, singing Nadia's praises, seeing that she's just sung yours? And I need to <laughs>
2: say thank you to someone here. When should we do that?
0: Let's just have your praises sung first, and okay. then we can finish with that. Yeah, when um, <clears throat> when Naja when Naja speaks, um, she always um, tells stories. Um, she laughs, or she's very very determined to um, to uh, make sure that she can uh, realize her dream. And um, every time she opens her mouth and says something, you can just point the camera at her because she just speaks the wisdom of Mother Earth and her lived experience. And it's very contagious so the children really respond to this mm. and if i can just say the outdoor nature classroom that they have c- created at the malam community garden is so um hands-on um, rather than abstract and you know um, crowd control it becomes really like the students there get to to really connect with something that's meaningful and I see that with all of Naja's work. It's it's all meaningful. So very inspirational.
1: Oh, I'm really, very, very blessed to have you both in the studio. So would you like to end with your little thanks and, and send out messages to whoever you need to?
2: Yeah, I'd just like to say thank you for the New South Wales government that um, it was very amazing to have the opportunity to have the funding to to do this experiment with this program on the community garden setting. So it's the children, was New South Wales, the Children and the Young People Wellbeing Um Initiative Project. And um, yeah, we're very grateful because we did reach a target that was create well-being amongst our community. And also would like to thank our volunteers, the families that step in and join us it was 187 children in three terms. Um a flow of people that I think one thousand seven hundred people flew in and out with the some children kept the whole came the whole program. Some children came a few times. And also thank you to amazing women in our community that is uh, Joanna Hannah and Angela Bambach. that are also women with beautiful vision. And they step up to support us where we need it. So yeah, I'm very grateful and grateful for Malan Seed that um, host us to apply for the grant. Grateful for the men Malumbimbi men Shed at the community garden that gave us the space to to do the woodwork and the the beautiful volunteers at the grounds of Malumbimbi Community Garden. They do an awesome job. No, we're blessed with that land and that work that happened there. Me sure. Well, my guests,
1: Andre and Nadia, thank you so much for coming in. If you've been inspired by what you've heard, and I don't see how you can't not, um, you can see Mother Earth Educators at the 17th edition of the Byron Bay International Film Festival. It's happening here from the 20th to the 29th of October. And that particular film you can see on the 22nd. I'm sure there'll be lots of kids in the audience, eh?
2: I hope so. <laughs> I want to see they, seeing their faces on the big screen. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you so much for
1: joining me today on the show. It's been a real pleasure to have you both here. And thanks for all the great work that you're doing. And, and thank
2: you. Yeah. Thank you, Rosella, my for absolutely. having us
1: in the belly. My pleasure. Bay
2: FM 99.9. One step ahead of reality as we know it.